0: You're listening to Force Friends Rewatch, a Star Wars TV show podcast. From Rebels to Resistance and The Mandalorian to Ewoks, we've got you covered. Here's your warning there will be spoilers, and there will be swearing, because our host just gets so gonk darn excited to talk about these good, good shows. Welcome to Force Friends Rewatch. I'm your host, Andy. And I'm Ryan. On Force Friends Rewatch, we watch Star Wars television shows, and then we talk about them. We are currently covering every Mandalorian-themed episode from Clone Wars, from Rebels, and then from The Mandalorian. We are currently covering Star Wars Rebels uh, Season 3, Episode 16? Seventeen? Eighteen? Something like that? Around there?
1: The one Ryan. with the dark saber. Well Yeah. The, the, yeah they're all legacy, the one with the Dark
0: Sabre. Leg, legacy of Mandalore. That is the one. It's about Mandalorians. <laughs> but before yeah, we get as into are that, most
1: of what we talk about.
0: Yeah, that's true. We are very Mandalorian heavy right now. <sighs> yeah. Before we get into that episode though, Ryan has a bit prepared.
1: Oh yeah. Uh, as you know, we talk about Star Wars television shows, and as you you probably don't know, it would be weird if you knew this. Um, I watched one of my favorite Star Wars television shows today for the first time in about ten years. I watched. I did know that. I I know you knew
0: that. I, I've been watching <laughs> you.
1: <laughs> also, we talked about it, but I, I'm glad you're watching me. It makes me feel loved. Um, yeah, you always make me feel loved, though. Uh, I but tried. no. I I watched the the Muppet Show Season 4, Episode 16, guest-starring Luke Skywalker, his cousin Mark Hamill, Chewbacca, R2-D2, and C-3PO. And that is arguably the peak of Star Wars. And maybe the peak of the Muppet Show. But it got me thinking about that internet meme that circulates where it asks you, uh, you can replace... You remake a classic movie, but you replace everyone in the cast, except for one actor, with Muppets. And my question for you has a couple layers. Uh, You have a pitch meeting with Kathleen Kennedy and uh, the Jim Henson Company, even though I know they don't have the Muppets anymore. Bear with me. And you are pitching an adaptation of a Star Wars story that's not a movie, but you have to use all Muppets.
0: Okay.
1: What what Star Wars story do you adapt to the screen using Muppet characters?
0: Uh that answer is very easy. Okay. Tag oh, and
1: Bink. Tag and Bink. Oh man, I thought you were gonna go for Shadows of the Empire.
0: No, tag and Bink. Who's tag your and tag bank? and bank? Who is Tag your and Bink all Muppets is so good. Oh, that would be beautiful.
1: I don't know why I'm feeling Sam Eagle as Palpatine for this, but who's, who's your who play what Muppets play tag and bank for
0: you? I mean, maybe original Muppets for tag and bank. Okay. Or I could see, I could see the argument for uh, Gonzo and Rizzo. Oh
1: yes, there it is. Okay. Your answer. <laughs> I think for me. I just instinctively want to do the Darth Plagueis novel. It was so dark and so brooding and so twisted. And I just... I think Pepe the King Prawn might
0: be Plagueis. But I'm not sure. I get kind of more of a Darth Bane vibe, but...
1: Ooh, he would be a good Bane as well.
0: Yeah, yeah. Very, very good. Very fun.
1: Yeah, I want to see this tag in pink now, though. (laughs) Oh, oh, I love
0: that, Ryan. This was a good bit. This is very you. good. This Thank made you. Go me go feel... watch the
1: Muppet Show, season four, episode sixteen, on Disney Plus. Sponsor. I
0: I have been struggling with feeling any any bit of serotonin or joy, but maybe I'm just gonna smoke a bunch of pot and watch the Muppet <laughs> Show, and and maybe I'll feel something again.
1: Both of those are the way to go. I the yeah. Muppet Show never lets you down.
0: No, no, it doesn't. All right, uh, so. To give you all uh, a, a look, dear listeners, at how the sausage gets made, we were going to record this episode about four weeks ago, which is when I watched the episode of <laughs> Trials of the Darksaber. Me but
1: too. But then
0: um, something happened. We had to cancel. And then we got Jeff Stormer like, to do the RPG special. Uh, so we did that and released that, and then, god, this is probably going back like five weeks now, Um, and now we're here, and we have to talk about this episode, and I have not (laughs) watched it since. Ryan, have you?
1: I watched it then as well, and I have not, but it's one of my faves, and I
0: remember it really well. Okay, well, that's good. Um, I'm gonna try and do the recap like normal, and- I'm ready. And if everything's wrong, uh, tweet at us. Um, because we could use the the uh the the traffic on Twitter, so just just tell me how I'm a dummy, but uh the episode opens with Sabine going home to Mandalore and her brother, yes, Chet is like, hey, I'm a Mandalorian, and I work for the Empire. Wait, did you say her brother's name is Chet? Yeah, Chet Sabine, and Sabine's name is Sabine Sabine, (laughs) because they're from the Sabine family. You Um, have lost
1: me, but I'm happy to be lost. (laughs) Yeah,
0: it's like uh, Bloom Bloom and Brothers Bloom, and and his brother (laughs) Stephen Bloom. <laughs> but it's Sabine, Sabine, and her her brother Chet Sabine. Um, what are we doing? <laughs> we're doing Star Wars Rebels, uh, okay. and so Chet Sabine is like, "Hey, I work for the Empire." Uh, oh, Tristan, Tristan, Wren. Tristan there you yeah, go. Yeah, there it is. Uh, I remembered because he's in Legion now. Um, yeah, Chief, go. Tristan is like, "Hey, they should have named me Chet. I work for the Empire." And Sabine is like, "Hey." I work for the rebels but you should take me to see mom and um <laughs> what's his name old man old man logan um steve stanton right uh is, isn't he voiced by steve stanton who? the crumpy old fenral fenral oh fenral no fenral no? is
1: uh what's his name from the show rome um is it kevin McKidd, i think no. Uh okay, all of well, the all of the adult mandalorians or not all I guess it's just Fen Rau and Gar Saxon and Tiber Saxon are all voiced by actors that Dave Filoni liked from Rome. Uh yeah, Kevin McKidd.
0: Okay, he looks we'll, a lot like
1: Fen Rau. Cast him in the Mandalorian. Go on.
0: He 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 dips out. He's like, "Fuck this noise. I'm not I'm not dealing with these kids." And he like just 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 goes bare girls into the woods. But uh Kanan, Ezra, and Sabine Sabine go to her mom's house, and uh, they talk. It doesn't go great. Uh, Sabine has a one-on-one with her mom and is like, hey, I got this fucking cool-ass lightsaber, though. And Sabine's mom, Ursula Wren, (laughs) is like, hey... You didn't win that in a fight. You just found it. So you have no claim to it. And everyone who bitched about the Darksaber and the Mandalorian and forgot about this episode. Um, but then they they, they took Kanan and Ezra's lightsabers and Fenrao took in and got them back. And Ursa, Ren, betrayed... Everyone to the Empire and the Bad O Mandalorians show up, and then Ursa has a change of heart, and there's a big fight, and it's a fucking great fight. And um, what's his name? Gar Saxon. Yes, Gar Saxon has the dark saber and Sabine gets Ezra's lightsaber, and they duke it out on like the sheet of ice, and it's fucking cool. And uh, Sabine. Does not kill him, but takes the Darksaber back, and then Ursa shoots him, and uh, they're like, oh, well, Sabine, you should stay here and do some Mandalorian shit, we're gonna miss you, and go back to the rest of the the Rebels plot stuff, but we'll (laughs) pick you back up when it's time for more Mandalorian fun later, and Sabine goes, dope, I'm gonna start a cult now? I have this sword and everyone respects me. <laughs> and that's what Andy remembers from like five weeks ago? I mean, you're kind of on the money. Broad strokes, broad strokes, you know? Broad
1: strokes, yeah. I remember this episode just kind <laughs> of like rocking me because it was the first time somebody left the ghost crew and it had consequence. Like, we lost
0: Ahsoka, but she wasn't really... I don't she know. She wasn't this... on the crew. Yeah. You know, she was an ally for <clears throat> sure, but she wasn't yeah. like living there.
1: Whereas this episode, like, prepared me for the Kanan wham, honestly.
0: I, rewatching this episode, I was like, what the fuck? What the fuck? Because, <laughs> you know, I too, like everyone else, Did not remember the the deeper points of this episode. And I was like, Well, why is Bo Katan being a dick to Din about the Darksaber when like Sabine just found it and Sabine just gave it to her. But this episode, Sabine like, is talking to her mom and her mom's like, You have no right to it. You didn't fucking get it in combat. Uh which like, to be fair, is a very shitty system of government. Yes. Very, very dumb, Man- Mandalorians. Y'all gotta, y- y'all gotta fix that shit. That's stupid. But it's like baked. It's baked into the plot of Rebels. We just all forgot about it because it's been a-, a hot minute.
1: Yeah, it is right there all along, and it's yeah
0: from from the beginning. They like Sabine is being challenged on the fact that she yeah. only just found it, and that
1: sets in motion like a lot of other implications about what led to Mandalore's complete downfall. Whereas maybe it wasn't just the empire taking over, but like people losing faith in Bo-Katan once it came out, how she got the dark saber. Cause she united the clans with the saber, but how many of those people necessarily knew how she had gotten it?
0: As someone who... Uh, used to be deeply religious. I understand the importance of tradition. Like, I get it. Tradition played a, a very important part of my life for a long time. But there does come a point where you need to address, like, modernity, and you need to adjust yes. certain traditions. And... I think Bo-Katan was in the right when she accepted the offer from Sabine oh, of, of the dark saber. Like I think that was people. that was the cr- correct move. Yeah. And I hope that that is going to be reflected in the live action the Mandalorian. Uh, cause right now it seems like Bo is second guessing that decision quite a bit and mm-hmm. is full of doubt about how she got it before. And it seems like things broke bad. We like, we don't know a, a huge thing we've been talking about on first friends rewatches. We don't know exactly what happened. Uh, there have been breadcrumbs here and there, but, um, I hope that because things broke bad for for Bo that she is um not going to do some like fucked up shit or like regret that she accepted it from Sabine cuz i think that was the right decision yeah it definitely was there's no
1: there's no legitimate counterpoint except from the point of view of like in universe a very orthodox mandalorian
0: like, uh, like our friend in Monty Python on the quest for the Holy Grail, like, you know, said, like, women in water, like, throwing swords at people is not, you know, a good system of government, and like... <laughs> women
1: lying in ponds distributing swords.
0: Yeah, like, like, That's... murdering someone with a magic sword in order to, like, claim authority over, a uh, multi system is not, is not a good, a good foundation for, <laughs> like, government that's that's very silly and bad yeah anywho yeah
1: what worked here for you There
0: is there is a ton other stuff going on that is great in this episode obviously all the dark dark saber stuff is super relevant to what we're doing on force friends rewatch We're we're you know connecting these dots between the shows so that like all hit for me and it was stuff i had forgotten um So that, that was really, really fun to see. I love Finral just being like this fucking survivalist. Like he disappears into the snow and then he's like, you can picture him like crawling around and like going (laughs) through air ducts and shit. Like just like mumbling under his breath, like these stupid Jedi, like gotta go get their lightsabers back for him. Like, uh, I just love all the Rao stuff in this, in this episode.
1: Yeah, he's he's a character that didn't jump out at me the first time we met him. Like he just. I don't know, like I liked him, but he wasn't somebody that I thought would recur as much as he recurred. And the more we see him. Yeah, he's just this grumpy Gus that doesn't know where he's going in life, but he knows he can't stand these kids sometimes.
0: This like old grizzled. uh... Yeah. Clone Wars vet. I wish we had gotten more Fen'ral and Rex together, to be honest. Yes! I, I think they would have been very fun together, and uh, we don't get any real look at what the clones think of their Mandalorian heritage.
1: Well, that was kind of not defined at the at the point that this was developed, but...
0: And, and I think that just would have been interesting. Yeah. Um. But yeah, Fen'ral was great. Uh, I, I like Ezra, like, kind of just always complaining about Mandalorians. It's, it's always good. I like Kanan's respect for Mandalorians. Like, Kanan is kind of this old school samurai type Jedi. And so, like, he, he does respect these other warriors, even if in the last time we, we did this, he was kind of like, that's why the Mandalorians lost, you know, like he kind of dissed them a little bit, but. It's clear especially in this episode that he does have a lot of respect for uh their their warrior tradition.
1: Yeah, I I hadn't really considered that, but he does seem to get it more.
0: What about you? What uh what what worked for you?
1: I loved the duel between I'm a sucker for a good lightsaber duel and I think this might be the first time we see two people with no force powers go at it.
0: Yeah, it's really something. Um, This might be not only the first time two force users, two non-force users, have gone at it with lightsabers, but the first Mando v. Mando fight? Yes. Like, seriously?
1: Yes, Um, you're right.
0: Which is rad. Like, we've seen Mandalorians fight Jedi, we've seen Mandalorians fight Sith.
1: Yeah, but this is the first time that two Mandalorians go at it, and I...
0: And we've definitely seen, like, henchmen, you know, Mandos fighting each other and stuff, but we've never seen, like, two named Mandalorian characters go toe-to-toe with all the bells and whistles. Mm-hmm.
1: And I... I'm, on rewatching after Clone Wars... I had a theory before The Clone Wars Season 7 that Ursa would be in it, but that she wouldn't be aligned with bo She would be aligned with Gar Saxon. Because that would sort of explain how she got folded into the Empire so thoroughly. I feel like there's a story to be told that we haven't seen. Because she was completely opposed to Saxon, and then she was so willing to bend the knee, which just doesn't align with Bo Katan's whole Mandalorian loyalist movement we see in the Clone Wars. I, I have questions about
0: well, that. Her her husband is a hostage. True. Which, uh, you know, people will do things for the the ones they love that they normally wouldn't. And her son is also kind of a hostage.
1: Yeah, he's I would definitely describe Tristan as a hostage.
0: Uh, and, like, Sabine's noped out, so I don't think she has a ton of options. Uh, she kind of reminds me of a, uh, you know, Game of Thrones fell fucking apart, but Tywin Lannister, where, like, what matters is the name. Yeah. Like, I think that's what her main motivation is, is she's protecting the name Ren and doing what she has to to make sure that they survive.
1: That would that would make a lot of sense. I I accept it more now. <laughs>
0: uh, I, I don't think her ideology matters as much outside of the family. Name.
1: Speaking of names, uh, I learned two interesting things when I was doing my behind the scenes, ra- like rabid research dive on this episode, as I always do, and one of them concerned names. Uh, I guess in early scripts. Tristan was named Jonah, which just doesn't fit him. He's a Tristan. But even before that, I think he's a Chet. <laughs> he's definitely a Chet. If anyone in any creative capacity on Star Wars is listening, please create Chet Wren. I'll i settle for Chet Wren. It should be Chet Sabine. But give us a Chet Wren somewhere in that family tree. It's, it's all we want. Um, but before he was Chet, and before he was Tristan and before he was Jonah uh, she was Sabine's twin sister Sasha and I don't know why they changed the age and made him younger and I don't know why they changed the gender but I feel like like Sabine being the older sibling really works for both characters like that was a good change
0: yeah I agree that's interesting that Sabine had a twin at first. I do like that uh, she is the older sibling, though. Um, Yes. It it adds to, like, the pressure she's put on herself.
1: Yeah. The other random fact that I learned was uh, this episode aired towards the beginning of 2017, right? And uh, it's, it's early fall 2017 that Jon Favreau, Calls up Kathleen Kennedy and says he has this idea for a show about a Mandalorian gunslinger and a baby, and she says, "Well, that's interesting because uh, Dave Filoni, who I know you know, is working on something else with Mandalorians uh, that he wants to do for live action TV, and you guys should talk." And I feel like this episode would have to have been on Favreau's mind while he was developing it because it was the most recent mandalorian centric content that summer
0: yeah uh i can definitely see how this was on feloni's mind uh going into those talks i mean so much of rebels informs the world state of yes the mandalorian definitely um and it's, but it's interesting it's, it's been part of the fun of going back and looking at it
1: yeah oh definitely but it's interesting that we I mean, I guess we don't know one way or the other if Favreau had seen any of the season four Mandalorian stuff and kind of the, the biggest piece that he would have had was this. He may very well have had a screener of uh, the season four opener, but this episode in particular feels like it's going to be one to revisit as Mandalorian moves forward.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, if you have not watched this episode in a long time, definitely go back to it just for the Darksaber content. Um, I mean, go back for it because it's the first time we see two Mandalorians really duke it out. <laughs> and go back for it because uh, the the duel is exceptional and the character work is great. But also go back to it just because... The conversation Sabine has with her mom about the dark saber is uh, deliciously interesting. Now,
1: yeah. Oh, also of interest as as two passionate, long time Star Wars legends nerds, in the beginning when Sabine is speaking Mandalorian with uh Mandalorian flight control or whatever, or I guess it's Crownist, not Mandalore. Uh, according to StarWars.com, that all pretty much translates to like a simplified version of what she would actually be saying in the legends. Yeah, I like that. That's like one of those unnecessary deep cuts that I really appreciate when Filoni and company execute.
0: Yeah, that's good stuff.
1: And who who wrote this one? Because I remember thinking that was interesting, but I don't remember why I thought that.
0: Ryan, I couldn't remember Sabine's family names, so I, <laughs> uh, uh, I don't know who wrote this, this episode.
1: Fair. Uh, so I'm looking it up. This episode was written by Christopher Yost. And that is interesting because, as I scroll, ah, because Christopher Yost was Rick uh, Famuyiwa's writing partner when he was writing that episode of The Mandalorian with The New Republic Prison Break. Oh, neat. Yeah, I appreciate that this guy is involved in that show as
0: well. Is there anything that didn't work for you? <sighs> um, I
1: think at the end when they tease that Sabine has been shot or whatever, but then we, we cut to see that Ursa has shot uh, Gar Saxon. That goes on a little long. We know that they didn't kill the teenager on Disney XD. That that was a little hammy.
0: I would say that's the only thing that didn't work for me too, but just in general, like I think they wanted to show that Ursa is like going to do anything to defend her daughter. Yeah. But Ursa shooting Gar Saxon is not an apology. And yeah. it really isn't reconciliation, but the show wants us to feel like it is an act of reconciliation, and it it doesn't it doesn't work for me. And two, I don't know why on earth Sabine would not kill that guy. Sabine has killed so many people <laughs> by this point in Rebels that it seems like a uh. A contrivance of the episode to give Ursa a moment to have Sabine not do it, and I don't, I don't appreciate that. It, it just, it doesn't ring true to me. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I have not done a body count, but <laughs> after Chopper, Sabine has killed the most people out of the Ghost Crew. Like her whole thing is bombs. So like, huh. you know, I had not considered that, but that's
1: also a lot more impersonal than running someone through on a sword.
0: Sure, but once you've been a bounty hunter for Black Sun and yeah, I forgot about you've Black Sun. you've blown up countless people. Like, I don't, I don't necessarily think you'd hesitate, especially because like this dude is such a dick, like. You know, if he was a random Mandalorian, sure. But he's, yeah, like... Yeah, he's, he's destroyed everything he's like, she loves. Yeah, and, like, symbolically, like, he has, like... You know, tarnished her family's name and has her dad hostage and has been, like, indoctrinating her fucking brother and, like... Yeah. They've painted their armor all white. You, you know, like, he's just, like, the worst. Yeah. And with Sabine's history... And her massive body count. Again, second only to Chopper because Chopper has literally blown up entire like frigates. Um, like I don't I don't see how Sabine wouldn't kill that dude.
1: I agree with that. I'm I'm gonna go on the record here and I'm just gonna say it. Um Gar Saxon's not
0: nice. No, he's a bad man.
1: Okay, I'm glad I'm glad I got that off off my chest. I'm glad you agree.
0: Uh, all these, <laughs> all these Gar Saxon stands are going to be up in our mentions. Um.
1: Ah, uh, come on. Do you think he has? And, yeah, he probably does.
0: And, like, maybe they could have given a reason for Sabine not killing him, but I genuinely feel like it was just to set up this contrived, like, Sabine's been shot, oh no, Ursa shot, Gar, look, is a good mom, and, like... <sighs> No, that's not what Sabine needs from her mom. Sabine and her mom need to have, like sit down and have a real, like, vulnerable yeah. talk about their actions and their baggage. And,
1: and I imagine that happened, but we didn't see it. But we should have seen at least some of that.
0: There should have been some indication of like, okay, we're gonna go talk. But instead, yes. it's just like this this violent act, as if that is the reconciliation that Sabine needs, and it's not. Yeah. Anywho, uh, other than that, this episode's great, and you know yeah. what? It's a twenty-three minute kids' show, and sometimes they, uh, you know, can't can't give the characters all the closure that they need, even though we wish they could.
1: Yeah, exactly what you just said.
0: Yeah, it's still a great show. Uh, and still a great episode.
1: Yeah, I. I, I kind of knew it, but through my rewatch, I think Rebels as a whole is in my top five Star Wars stories. Like this is this is just below the original trilogy and The Last Jedi on my totem pole.
0: Uh it's definitely my favorite Star Wars show.
1: Oh yeah, that no question.
0: It's, it's definitely yeah, it's it's somewhere in my top five Star Wars content of all time. It's really, really good. It's season three has so many bangers in it too. Like this episode slaps so fucking hard. Yeah. Like the rest of season three also slaps so fucking hard that I don't even know where I would rank this phenomenal episode. Uh but it's yeah, that's just how good season three of Rebels is.
1: Yeah, I feel like season three was the first season where they started taking like real narrative risks.
0: Um, season season. I feel like season two bringing Maul back was a big risk.
1: True, but that's right at the end. I mean, that I yeah. always forget that that's the season two finale because tonally that one is so much more similar to this one.
0: Well, everyone, everyone remembers Vader and Ahsoka and i feel like you kind of forget that like oh yeah, Voss yeah. slipped in there didn't he that's very true and it he, i mean weasel his way in
1: yeah and with the soka out of the picture but the larger rebellion still forming this is the season where Ezra and Sabine come of age and mm-hmm. this really i mean Sabine's like what is she she would be like 18 now like this episode is her her bat mitzvah if you will this is where she comes of comes of age you know
0: well, when does Ezra become a commander? Is that season four, or is that this season? No, Ezra is called a lieutenant, the lieutenant or whatever.
1: at the start of this season.
0: Okay, so yeah, he's, like, taking command and, like, ordering troops around and stuff and going, yeah. going on missions, yeah. He's he's fun. a child
1: soldier, because he's only 16, but... Yeah. We don't think about that.
0: Well, I mean, like, teenagers have, have always fought in... True. In war, which is not great, but no. I mean, we were sending teenagers to Vietnam. Like, True. we don't. Is there a huge difference between 16 and 18? No. Uh, oh, yeah. Not great. America's a hellscape. Anyway. <laughs> um, Star Wars. Let's just talk about Star Wars and not how morally Star- bankrupt our country is. Star
1: Wars is never political.
0: No, Never. <laughs>
1: That, the that Ewoks are Viet Cong.
0: Yeah, <laughs> George Lucas, what a what a what a firebrand guy. What yeah, a guy. he's great. I've been watching the um the behind the scenes documentaries from the prequel trilogy.
1: Matt I Martin, love those.
0: Matt Martin tweeted about the Phantom Menace one. I was like, oh yeah, that was really good. I should rewatch that. Uh, and I'm halfway through the Attack of the Clones one. And George Lucas is. He's a guy.
1: he's so interesting,
0: just naming all the Clone Wars villains after Republicans just like
1: Hallie Bertoni is my favorite hallebertoni he... the 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 warhawk is just on the nose.
0: He is not subtle.
1: <laughs> Newt gunray come on.
0: oh, who's the one that's voiced by um Fucking, uh, Sulu from Star Trek.
1: That is, uh, Lockdurd.
0: Is he, is he one? He's one, isn't
1: he? He's not named after a Republican, but Lot right. Dodd is named after, uh, I think Chris Dodd and Trent Lot. Love it. And that's another Nemoidian, yeah. <laughs> anyway.
0: anyway. Uh, Clone Wars is great. Rebels is better. Um, yes. I hope this Becca
1: is... doesn't listen to this one, because in our house that's not that's, <laughs> that's not, not the, way the chips about. fall.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, have Evan has at least seen all of Clone Wars. Uh he has not watched Rebels. Really? Uh, I've, I've tried I've tried to get him and like se- season one is just not his speed. I do yeah. feel like he would love it after season two. It just hasn't happened yet.
1: Did you know uh it was originally a space filler after Disney World got rid of Drew Carey's uh little show that he had there. But there is a 25 minute recap of season one narrated by Kanan that's very thorough. The Lando segment I remember being especially funny because it's Freddie Prince narrating in character, mm. and his tone is like, and then there's this guy. And I feel like it 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 does the job while still being like entertaining in terms of catching people up. I forget what it's even called though. I wouldn't know
0: how to find it. Maybe I'll maybe I'll see if I can dig that up and and get Evan to just watch season 2.
1: Yeah, honestly I guess you could even just skip the recap because there's not that much in season 1 that comes back. You could probably do as there's, good of a recap as Freddy Prince. That's the nicest thing I've
0: ever said to you. Oh, thank you. Uh, <laughs> he, he did once call me a gangsta, so I do feel that's like right. I have his blessing. That's right. That happened. That did happen. Uh, <laughs> Freddie Prince Jr. called me a gangsta. Uh Well, that's going to do it for us. Follow us on Twitter at ForceFriendsPod. Uh, shoot us an email at ForceFriendsRewatch at gmail.com. We want to give a huge thank you to Bristol Podworks for that intro and for being our producer. Go reach out to them to make your podcast dreams come true. I forgot how good our intro is. Our intro fucking slaps. It's very good.
1: I appreciate Bristol Podworks.
0: Yeah. Uh, Lastly, we are teaming up with some other Bristol Podworks shows to form Patreon. Where They May Radio, uh, you know, is the name and it's the Patreon slash WTM Radio is the patriot. Give us money, there's content there. There's stuff. There's like extra if you like the show, there's more stuff there for you. And if you give us money, that'll help because podcasting is expensive. Ryan, uh I didn't ask you if you had closing thoughts. I just decided to end the podcast. But did you have any closing thoughts? I thought? don't have
1: closing thoughts. My only closing thought is honestly my closing thought every night as I lay awake wondering When they're going to tell the boy about his parents.
0: It'll be the season finale from Sheev, which don't don't (laughs) wait till then. Tell the boy earlier. Actually, they they have
1: told him by now. Ryder Azadi has told him like a season ago. But I'm still frustrated.
0: Yeah, no, you should be. I'd be, you know who's really frustrated about Ezra? Yeah. That's why he's mind-tricking people into murdering their friends, which is one of the darkest things I've ever seen in a show. Yeah. All right. Let's stop this recording. Uh, Let's do that. Go to the Patreon. Give us money. Do it. Credits. Public credits are no good out here. I need something more real. (laughs) No credits. No podcasts. No deal. I can guarantee you else no other network has a Force Friends rewatch. I promise you that. All right, right, I'm, I'm stopping it now.